Hey everyone, JJ Cooper, Ben Badler here on another Baseball America podcast. Apologies if the audio quality is a little bit less than it normally is. We're like many of you, most of you, uh, you know, we're at homes and we're recording this with the best equipment we have, but we don't have our studio. We don't have many of the things that we usually do. You know, we obviously hope that all of you out there are are staying safe and uh, you know are are staying sane and you know, but also most importantly that you're uh, that that you're hopefully not affected by the coronavirus uh, that is obviously going around not just here but uh, but around the world. And this is going to be another podcast that is uh, got some of a, a coronavirus focus in some ways to it because. We wanted to talk. I wanted to make sure we talked to Ben, who knows this better than anybody about you know what's going on. But coronavirus is is not just affecting you know the there's no opening day. We're recording this on what would have been MLB opening day, but well beyond that, it's also affecting affecting every aspect of baseball. And and one of the ways it's affecting baseball is affecting baseball internationally, and it's affecting the current international uh, amateur market, and it's you know, potentially going to affect the July 2 one as well. But, but Ben, I'm going to start by asking you a, a really crazy question. So as it stands right now, teams are officially allowed to sign players on the international market if they have the, the bunny remaining because we haven't reached it's, – it's June 15th, right? That's when we end this current signing period. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. So they're allowed to sign them. However, right now, you can't contact the player, you can't contact the agent, you can't contact the parents, you can't contact anybody in any way, shape, or form, email, phone call, text, you know, Zoom. There's no way that you can actually contact someone to say, hey, we want to sign you, correct? Right. So MLB came out, this was all last week, and and, and look, like, to... So they're, you know, look, it's, this is a very, uh, this is an emergency situation right. that nobody was planning for in baseball. And there are a lot bigger issues <laughs> for MLB to uh, deal with at the, at the major league level involving major league players and major league games right now. So I, I think they're, doing the best they can but yeah so they initially came out with a ban on all scouting domestic scouting international scouting basically just saying look we want every every scout needs to stay home needs to stay away from the fields needs to not be encouraging players to uh to work out uh, or to you know, or to have you know events or kind of private showcases or tryouts. Same for the draft international. We don't want you know some clubs trying to you know take advantage of a, a global pandemic by trying to get exclusive looks at players because that involves risking their health and potentially jeopardizing. You know, this is a global health issue, and, and they're trying to look out for people's safety. So at the same time, look, the international signing period is different than the draft. We, you know, we don't have the draft until June 10th. Doesn't start until June 10th. So we have some time to figure out what to do with that. Uh, obviously, you know, college baseball is canceled. High school baseball 
uh, is, is canceled everywhere. There's, there's really no games going on in the States, but internationally. Yeah. I mean, July 2nd is the big date on the calendar. That's when all most of the top prospects are, are signing. So the new international signing period starts, but it is a year round process. You can sign players 12 months a year, and we still have three more months to go in the international signing period. And it's not, you know, you're not going to see Jason Dominguez or Eric Pena. Those kind of guys are not uh, signing, but there's some pretty interesting Cuban players out there. There's, uh, you know, at this time, you know, in this window last year between, uh, you know, mid-March through June 15th when the signing period ended, teams spent about $13 million, signed over 200 players. So it, it does affect a lot of players. So initially MLB said, yes, you can still sign players, uh, but, you know, you can't go out and be scouting them at this point. If, you know, if, if you have the information already on players, you can, you know, send them an email, e- email them a contract. They can send it back to you, for example. And then a couple of days later, they came out with the rules, uh, further guidance for clubs. And that guidance included, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't talk to any of the players. Uh, you can't talk to uh, their agents or their trainers or, or their parents or, or their family, anything like that. But you can still technically sign players. Well, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you know, from a practical standpoint, you, you know, there's really no way to sign players right now. There's no way to sign any of the, the eligible players. So, um, you know, it, it's something that I think they need to sort out at some point uh, in the next few weeks. I think their their objective right now is just to slow everything down. I mean, they initially sent out that sort of, uh, blanket scouting prohibition covering domestic and international. Uh, but, you know, the two sides are not, you know, domestic scouting and international scouting. Uh, the, the, the scouting and the signing process is not the same. So, you know, I, I think at some point in the next few weeks, they're going to have to figure out what to do with, you know, current, currently eligible players that you can't just say, all right, well, yeah, they're eligible to sign, but you, you can't have any contact with the players. And it's, it's not a pressing matter right now, but you know, we don't obviously know how long uh, the, the virus is, is going to stick around for and, and have an impact on, on the game and, and just on the world in general. So, um, you know, if, if, if this continues through, June 15th, the end of the signing period, that's uh, that's a more significant issue. And I think it's something that MLB needs to uh, needs needs to address at some point in the next few weeks. Right. Because, I mean, there will be players to just you. I will ask you because you can explain it better than I can. If that happens and somehow effectively players are not allowed to be signed for the remainder of this signing period. I, would there be would there be players who that may be the difference between them signing a pro contract and never signing a pro contract? Yeah, probably for for some of them. I mean, this is like the time of year where you know, t- and, and there's just so much up in the air, right? Like, this is typically the time of year where you'll teams will be out still scouting players with obviously an eye on you know a lot of 2021 and 22 and even 23 players right now uh but they're still looking at 
eligible players. Some of those guys are still 16 years old uh, or 17 years old. Uh, but, you know, you're looking to fill out your Dominican Summer League rosters. We know we're going to send some of these guys who were in the DSL for us last year. We're going to bring them over to the States. We're going to release some of these other guys. We're going to need some more players. Uh, we still have, you know, some room in our, our bonus pool, and, and we want to spend it because it's, it's use it or lose it. You can't carry it over to the next signing period. And it's, you know, you, you have history on – some of those players, but a lot of times it's, all right, we're, you know, we're at a field and, and we're, you know, some trainer's field and seeing a guy or uh, we're bringing a group of guys into our, our academy for a, a private workout or a private trout and kind of sign them on the spot. So if you don't really, if you don't have those opportunities to be bringing players in, you don't have the, uh, you know, you're, you're reducing the opportunity for those kids to sign. And, and if we don't, you know, the DSL, you know, typically starts like right at the end of May, I believe. So um, it, it's if, if we don't, we, I don't even know if we're going to have a Dominican summer league season this year, at which point, you know, our, our team's going to continue to sign those players. Uh, and, and internationally, it time, time ticks quickly. Uh, you know, we think of eight, 18 years old in the United States is uh is a high school senior or even a junior in, <laughs> in some cases now. Um, but internationally, those are, especially in Latin America, those are kind of looked at as like the older players, the trainers know they're not going to uh, make as much money off of, off of those players when they sign because uh, they're probably going to be $10,000 type signing. So eventually they, you know, they just release those players from their, their programs are, they're more focused on, you know, focusing on, on the younger kids. And yeah, it, I, I do think there's um, a, a good chance that some of these kids are, are going to miss an opportunity to, uh, to sign uh, because of the, the situation right now. So, so that's the big thing that's going on right now is, is that again, and, and we're not talking about top prospects, obviously, who are going to go unsigned because of this, but we're talking about guys who would have potentially filled slots. They would have found spots on teams. And then maybe if they perform, they kind of prove that they're more than maybe everyone thought they were. And then they could turn themselves into guys who, who have potentially uh, MLB futures. Yeah. Or just guys who kind of developed later. Uh, you know, I want to put later in like air quotes because, you know, later is like, you know, 16, even still again, some of these kids are still 16, 17 years old. Um, either that or, or they just didn't have a high profile at the time. People, you know, maybe they were in a more remote area working with a smaller level trainer, didn't get seen as much. Uh, and you just kind of run into a guy and you're like, Oh, all right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> this guy's just as good as some of the guys we gave, you know, 300, $400,000 to. Um, and there's, you know, the blue Jays signed a, a Cuban pitcher last year for, uh, for a million dollars at the end of the, uh, at the end of the signing period uh, last year in in June, uh, they, I mean they also signed a couple of kids uh, from from Europe, which you know I, I think at this point is uh, uh, you know a lot of our focus is on the Dominican Republic and Venezuela, and that's where the overwhelming majority of signings are. But uh, certainly it, uh, it it hurts kids in in Europe right now, just given everything that's 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 going on there. So, so that's for the current signing period. We have a new signing period that is scheduled right now to start July 2nd. 
is that being significantly affected as well or or is the hay kind of in the barn in a lot of cases to use a really bad cliche it's yeah i mean that's that's where it's very different from the draft is that for the most part look a lot of the players for 2020 are going to be officially eligible to sign on july 2nd have already you know made commitments on on where they're going to sign going back uh 2018 2019 it's it's that's not going to be disrupting anything for for the most part now you know what we don't know is are are they still going to open the signing period on july 2nd i mean as of now yes uh there's some talk maybe they uh they delay it uh but I, I don't think that would have a significant impact on um, on on the signings, especially the majority of the top signings and majority of clubs pretty much already, uh, and really all clubs pretty much know where the majority of their signing bonus pool is, is going to and, and, and what's going to happen. It's, it's just a matter of, all right, well, when does this open up and, and when are we going to be, you know, are, are, is, are we going to be allowed to officially sign players on, on July 2nd, um, you know, I, I think there's a chance maybe they, they, they open it on July 2nd, but, and, and you sign the players, but they, you just defer the bonus payments uh, to make the bonuses payable in at some point in 2021. But I, I don't think you're going to see a, a, like some radical shakeup of, of the international signing period for, for 2020 players, as far as, um, you know, who, who's going to be signing with who, that kind of thing. Right. If they delayed it, the impetus for delaying it is, is almost purely financial. Is it not? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think that's, that, 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 that would be a big component of it. Look, I mean, MLB owners are, uh, they're going to get crushed this year on, they're going to lose out on a lot of revenue and, and their expenses are still going to be, quite high and they're going to be, you know, I don't know every owner's specific situation in terms of how leveraged they are financially or how much free cash flow uh, they have available to them. But certainly a lot of them are going to be just like every other business in America uh, looking to, uh, to cut back on, on expenses and, and find a way to, um, you know, find a way to, you know, if, if they can move expenses back to, to move them back. Uh, Cause they're still going to have to pay the major league players. They still have a lot of other expenses, even without that revenue coming in. So if they just, I think if they sign the players on, on July 2nd or whenever they sign them and just make the bonuses payable uh, at a later date, I think that would, um, that would be something that a lot of owners would, uh, would, would, would look for to, you know, still, still get the players, still pay the players, but just make the bonuses payable at a, at a later date. Well, I, you know, cause we are talking a hundred and some million dollars that would, you know, be being doled out if it was doled out right away. Right. I mean, it's, it is a significant amount of money because. Yeah. And, and you combine it with the, you know, I, I, I suspect we'll see something similar on the draft side too. So right. you, you combine it with that. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> We're talking about billionaires, obviously, but again, they, they need to have the free cash available to pay these players 
and and they're not going to have a, a significant amount of revenue coming in. Um, and and then like they have to negotiate with the union. Obviously, these players are not members of the union, so I, I think it you know the, there are factors involved that uh, you know affect uh, players on on forty man rosters. But these guys are not on the 40 man. So if, if these guys get paid maybe at, at a later date, I don't see the union putting up much of a, a fight against that, which is why I see it sort of as a, uh, a middle ground for these, for the, for the two sides to be able to, to compromise and, and come to a, a resolution on, on that end. So, okay. What about, you, you mentioned that we don't know when they win or if there'll be a DSL season as much as we don't know, you know, what's going to happen with, with many, you know, with any of these baseball seasons right now. But what about the players who are at the academies in the Dominican? Well, really now in the Dominican, it used to be Dominican Venezuela, now it's Dominican. But what about the players at those academies? Uh, what's happening with them? So, yeah, so every, every club has an academy in the Dominican Republic that's basically their – uh, there are Latin American headquarters. You you house players there for your Dominican summer league team. You can bring players in there once they're a certain age for uh, for tryouts. Sometimes they they stay overnight or can stay overnight for uh, for a week or more um, in in those academies and in the dorms. Uh, but right now, because of the coronavirus, you know you you, you have typically players, you know, multiple players staying in a room, two, three, four, you know, you're stacking a couple of bunk beds in, in each room. Uh, you really don't want that uh, to be happening right now with coronavirus and all of the recommendations from our medical experts to, uh, to have social distancing. And teams have just said, look, all right, all of our – generally every team's doing a little bit differently, but they're saying, all right, uh, the Dominican players who, who, who were at the academy and some, some academies actually hadn't even opened up yet, but I, I think for the most part, a lot of them had, uh, but the ones that were open just said, look, all of our Dominican players, you guys uh, just, just go home, go, go spend time with your families. Uh, we're not even, you know, we're not even allowed to have practices or, or workouts anyway on our fields right now. Uh, so, so we're going to send you guys home. Uh, and the tricky thing is, is with the Venezuelan players, what do you, uh, you know, what do you do? Do you send them back to Venezuela? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of teams, you know, even aside from coronavirus, like it, even before this ever came into the picture, didn't want to send their Venezuelan players uh, back home. They were coming up with ways to, you know, keep them in the United States or in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so a lot of clubs are using their are keeping their Dominican academies open just to house their Venezuelan players and and maybe a couple players from some other parts of uh, uh, of the world as well. So that way, all right, we, we send all the Dominican players home. If it's just Venezuelan players in our academy, every player can uh, can have their own room. We don't have to send them home and, and worry about uh, all, all sorts of different things in, in Venezuela uh, as far as both health and, and, and general safety. So, um, you know, and, and some of them are still in, in the United States. I was, you know, talking to uh, a parent of, of one player who was just saying, yeah, you know, my, my son's in, 
you know, just basically living with one of his uh, minor league teammates somewhere in uh, uh, in the southeast and in, in the United States right now. So um, it's definitely a difficult situation, especially for the Venezuelan players right now. It's uh, I think there's always a lot on on their minds with what's going on back home. But I think right now is kind of a particularly challenging time for uh, for them. But I think that's that's how a lot of teams have sort of uh, dealt with the, the situation at their academies and and what to do with their uh, their really young Latin American players. Right, and especially Venezuela, there's no. That's the thing with a lot of this. This is kind of an unprecedented situation and sometimes it does feel like with a lot of this that there's it's not that you're making the right decision it's you're making the best possible decision is what you're trying to do whether that's you know ideal or not because yeah keeping in the dorms isn't ideal but at the same time the alternative may be worse so you know much like you talk about with signing it's not like that MLB is deliberately trying to screw signings up. It's just that they're scrambling to kind of come to answers on decisions and, and they have a thousand things that popped up within the span of, of basically a few days, which bandwidth is a, is an issue right now. Yeah. It's um, yeah. And, and internationally too, you're, you're dealing with, I mean, it's like we're seeing in the United States, it's, it's hard enough to, try to manage a, you know, it's, it's a biological situation where we're trying to fight a virus and, and we have a, you know, enormous population spread out across a, a wide amount of space. And, you know, internationally, we're, we're dealing with all these players, you're talking about all these, all these different countries, all of these different, uh, uh, you know, varying levels of, of impact that the virus has had so far and, and may have in the future and, and different laws and uh, different countries, you know, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Colombia, Panama, uh, shutting off, uh, uh, basically closing their borders at, at different times. So, you know, if, if concern if you send a player back to Venezuela or, or, you know, or Panama or the Dominican Republic, you know, when, you know, when will flights out be? Uh, allowed again at, at some point. Um, so these are all, and, and it's and it's just a constantly evolving, rapidly evolving situation where, um, you know, people are trying to do the right thing, but it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of choices that are just not easy choices to, uh, to make right now. So, okay. So that's the, the, is the biggest impact from this, in some way going to be felt actually in 2021, 2022, because 2023, that that's where the, the, the scouting is kind of focused right now, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, like a lot of the, you know, players who are, you know, players are being scouted now and they're like 13, 14 years old and, you know, teams are basically reaching, uh, you know, getting commitments from players years in advance of when they're eligible to sign. So it, I don't think, I actually don't think this will have too much of an impact on uh, like future signing classes for, for the most part. I mean, teams, there's a lot of, you know, 21 and even 22 players already who, 
kind of know where they're going to sign. And, and if, again, like, I don't know how long, obviously this virus is going to continue to, uh, you know, have, uh, have this kind of an impact on, on the world, but there's, there's just still so much time <laughs> until July 2nd, 2021 or, or 2022. I mean, we don't even have a CBA yet for 2022. So I, I don't see it having a, a substantial impact on it just because the scouting process for those years happens so far in, in advance right now. Oh, although, again, we don't know that there may be a draft at that point internationally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there could, we could have a 2022 international draft, and, and I strongly suspect that in, in the next CBA, whether it's, whether it's right away in 2022 or if there's some interim year and then it comes in 2023, I, I strongly suspect there's going to be uh, some type of international draft in, in the next CBA. So – there's a lot with this. I, we've covered a lot. Is there any other aspects on the international side that really have been affected by this that we've missed? I mean, that, that's a lot. There's a, you know, it's affected, as again, it's affected everything in baseball. But is that the main ways that this has affected international baseball, or are there even other ways? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's obviously a lot. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not glad that players are not, uh, you know, training and, and practicing right now, but it is at least encouraging to see, you know, players throughout the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and, and their trainers and the programs taking it, taking it seriously uh, and, and really listening to um, our, our public health experts and, and medical experts and basically just shutting everything down right now. I think players are, you know, they're not, uh, going out to the field and, and having their typical workouts and, and training and all that. They're, you know, kids are doing stuff at, at home, maybe having some, you know, their dad flip them some, some soft toss, uh, you know, Dominican Republic is like the, every time I go down there, I see some <laughs> creative, uh, ingenious way of people kind of making the most of, of what they have to, uh, to play baseball and to train and, you know, I think we're seeing kids try to make the most of it right now at home. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for, for them for, you know, again, I, I don't know how many months it, it, this is going to uh, last for them, but it doesn't look like there's something ending in, in sight in, in at least the very near future. So, um, you know, I, I, even once kids kind of get back, on the field and, and start training and, and working out again, there's, there's gonna, they're going to need some time just to get ramped up again, get up to uh, game speed, get back into uh, playing shape. So even once the, um, you know, even once kids get back out there, there's, there's going to need to be a, a period where they're allowed to kind of get ramped up again before they really start going hard for, for tryouts and, and showcases again. Yeah. It's again, it's, it's affecting all levels of the sport, but we definitely wanted to give you all kind of a, an idea of how it's affecting baseball internationally. Uh, while this is going on, Ben keeps rolling out our uh, international previews. I think it was international preview number six that went up at uh, baseballamerica.com for subscribers today. 
that's going to continue. I mean, Ben, just kind of lay out a little bit for people like what you have coming. If you are interested in July 2 of the upcoming signing period, you know, what, what, what can Baseball America readers and hope to be subscribers uh, get? What are they going to be seeing in the, uh, in the month ahead? It sounds uh, a little strange to say, just given everything that's going on, but it's, it's almost just kind of business as, as usual on, on that end uh, for us as far as previewing the upcoming international signing period. Um, it, we got all, all the previewing all the, all the top players um, as usual. We've, we've got reports. We've got videos on, on pretty much all the – all the top players for the 2020 signing period are uh, going to have previews for every team. Uh, the players that, that they're expected to uh, sign going over all the, the top names, Christian Hernandez, Carlos Colmenares, Armando Cruz, Pedro Pineda, uh, a lot of guys who are, are going to be prominent in their teams. Uh, uh, not only top thirties and in, in some cases after the year, but probably top tens and, in some cases. So, uh, yeah, all the, all the international prospect, uh, previews and, and reports and videos that we, that we always have for our subscribers, everything kind of continues as, as normal for us right now. It's, it's an abnormal year, but we are trying to keep some normalcy to it. So, uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you for this download. We're, you know, we're trying to keep a steady stream of podcasts going. We know there's a lot of people, at home, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more time to, to be listening to podcasts. Uh, we're staying really busy. It's, uh, it is crazy that way. It is crazy. We're, you know, with the draft and international and all, there's a lot of stuff at baseballamerica.com. We thank you so much to all of our, uh, of our subscribers. We really do appreciate it, especially in a time like this. We also understand, you know, that a lot of people are going through a tough time. You know, there's a, we saw the unemployment numbers today. If you, you know, it, we're feel for you if that's what you've gone through, you know, and if so, we, uh, you know, we understand, you know, we maybe we have some that, that aren't able to subscribe right now, but we look forward to having you back once we get through this as a, as a country and as a world and we get to the other side of this. But, uh, but thank you all for the download and we will be back again soon with another baseball America podcast. So long everybody. <laughs>